All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Win Pod Repeat. As always, Sam Anthony, Spencer Wellington. Um, Spencer, I wish I could say that we're here on uh, better terms, that we could be talking about a deal that was reached and getting ready for spring training and the start of baseball season. Um, but unfortunately, after about 16 and a half hours of negotiation on Monday night, um, where, you know, there were leaks and tweets and players or fans and journalists waiting outside uh, baseball stadiums to, you know, get the news. Um, we eventually got to Tuesday, an extended of the MLB self-imposed deadline, um, where as of 5 o'clock on Tuesday, Rob Manfred announced um, that the first two series of the Major League Baseball season have currently been canceled. Um, so obviously there's a lot to get into, but Spencer, I just want to start off just initial reactions, feelings about, you know, how the fuck we got here. Pissed. Pissed. Yeah. I mean, in a word, absolutely. Um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, that generally sums it up. I, I think on our last podcast, we did predictions on when we thought the lockout would end. And I was March 16th and you were April 16th and like that was my nonchalant prediction, but the yeah. concept of that requiring us to miss games is something that didn't sink in until yesterday. Um, and yeah. just, it sucks, man. It sucks. You know, it, um, the weather's warming up and you're getting that baseball feeling and it's going to be like 80 degrees here in a couple of days. And, um, we should be getting ready for baseball and we're not, there's no spring training. There's no crack of the bat and um, it's over money. It's over a small amount of money compared to the amounts of money that baseball teams rake in on a yearly basis. And it's, it's super frustrating. It's um, like, I'm, I'm sad, but I'm proud of the players in this moment. Um, It's, you know, like I said, annoying that we're here and that we're missing games, but I do admire their resolve in this situation and that they're not cowing down to the owners like they did the last time around in the 2017 CBA when they got hosed. So if, if there's, if there's going to be games missed it should be because the players stood their ground like they did. So good for them. Yeah. No, I mean, here's the thing. This was this was the owner's plan all along. When they when they first locked out the players and they waited 43 days to start the negotiation, and we didn't get really serious talks about any of the major issues because that's the thing is you know negotiations started 43 days after the lockout, but. You know, in terms of the CBT, in terms of the other major issues that we'll get into, you know, we it was still, you know, longer. It was weeks longer before you really got into it. And we still are really far apart on those issues. So, right. They stood you know, there the ready to plan, negotiate and then they waited mm-hmm. two months. <laughs> exactly. And, and that was the plan. The plan was to push the players to this deadline and say, hey, you know, this is our final and best offer. Take it or leave it. And what they were hoping was that the players, you know, in fear of losing the collective, you know, 20 million a day that they're set to lose, you know, if these games keep getting canceled. But like you said, you got to give the players a lot of credit because this isn't about the now. This is about the future. This is about not just them, but the players that are going to come in after them because they're already behind the eight ball based on what's happened in previous CBA negotiations and agreements. So if you fall behind again, you know, you're talking about one, you know, first off, if I'm a multi-sport player and I can choose between going to play baseball and, and football, you know, you're starting to say, Hey man, I don't know. Like there's just it, the way they're setting it up. It, yeah. It's just, um, you got to give the credit to a lot of, you know, to the players union because they did, they stood their ground. And I mean, what's hard is that, you know, now we have to kind of wait because it, Right. You know, are the owners going to budge or, you know, because for the players right now, you're you're dug in, right? You're going to wait as long as it takes to get what you feel like you deserve, or at least, you know, in part. And, you know, yeah. from an owner's perspective, it, it so far, it hasn't seemed like they're very willing to 
back down on any of those major things. Yeah, it's uh, it's fairly ridiculous what the owners are are fighting over right now, what they're willing to lose games over. You know, I think in uh, on Fangraphs, Ben Clemens did a piece today analyzing you know where we're at, what the difference is between the sides in certain uh, certain sections of the negotiations and. I think he calculated and, you know, his calculations aren't going to be a hundred percent, but he did his best and it was coming to around, I think four and a half million dollars a team. That was the difference in, in where both sides are at. It's, you know, a bench player, you know, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous that that's what we're, what we're fighting over at this point. But, um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, you know, so obviously there's a lot to dig into when it comes to the lockout, how we've gotten to this point, what the major issues are. Um, And we could, you know, we could talk and talk and talk about all these issues, but it would take a lot of time. So what we're going to do here today, Spencer, is we're going to just sit here and we're going to discuss a couple of the the bigger issues. Um, And obviously the first one is um, the CBT, the competitive... uh, Right, the competitive balance tax. There we go. There you go. Yeah. I when when you get CBT and CBA, I always want to like put them together. Um, and the amount of times I've been like the collective bargaining tax, and that's just no, you, you did that's great. Not Don't a, worry. <laughs> thank you. You know, I'm glad the wheels were turning when we're on video, so it's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna turn it over to you, just because you know I could sit here and talk about the CBT, but I know you kind of have your your analogy for it, and yeah. I don't want to I don't want to steal your thunder. You know, I appreciate that. Yeah, my um, my thought is comparing this to the NFL having a salary cap. Baseball owners have treated the collective, uh, damn it, competitive balance tax. You just did this to me. <laughs> yeah, fucker. <laughs> the CBZ they've treated it as a salary cap uh, since you know its, its existence. Especially, it seems like the last few years. Um, maybe it's just because we're getting into the business of baseball more as we grow up. But it seems like that term has been thrown around a lot more in terms of free agency and and payrolls and why a team won't go beyond a certain point. Um, And so if you're going to treat this CBT, which is not a salary cap, but if you're going to treat it as a salary cap, uh, then it should be based off of revenues. This, the salary cap should increase as revenues increase. Um, we know that baseball revenues are increasing. There was just a report this week about the Braves and the money that they brought in. This year, over the last, I think, five years, there was some sort of comparison, something like that, in their financial statements. And, you know, they're raking it in. They're making more money than ever. They lost money last year, didn't everyone. But, yeah, you know, they more than made up for that loss already in just one year. So those revenues are going up. We know that. We see the TV deals that are coming in. So we know that for a fact. Therefore, this CBT threshold should rise in a proportional percentage. Um, The NFL is able to do it in a direct proportion because the players in the NFL have negotiated uh, for that to rise in proportion. And they've agreed to, they've basically agreed to where the owner's give the players the financials. They, they show them what the revenues are. And so they're able to um, see what the revenues are and agree on a split. The I think it's currently 48% of the total revenues in the NFL go to the players. They've agreed on that collectively. Baseball doesn't have that. Um, players don't want that because they don't want to have a cap. They don't want to have something that says they can't make enough above a certain portion because baseball's never had that. They're proud of that. Um, in return, you also get this where you don't see the books. You don't see the financials. You don't see the revenues that baseball is making. So you can't say, well, your revenues have gone up this percentage because you don't have that information. And so baseball, you know, the, the owners, they don't want to give that information because then the players can make that argument. Um, and so it's just... Uh, both sides have an incentive to not have a salary cap type system. And so now you just have this, this bullshit we've discussed before, you know, the owners work magic to get this established in the first place and get the players to accept this. Uh, 
and so now the players have been behind the eight ball for a long time and they're trying to make up ground and and here we are and you know what you touched on honestly a lot of really fucking great points uh the first one being that you know the cbt acts as a, as a salary cap sure a soft salary cap as it may mm-hmm. um but like you said they worked magic to get that in there and Red Sox rob manfred one of the greatest players in their history to stay yeah, under this absolutely like and we're still not over it when, yeah and, and you know what like we shouldn't be because again the whole listen like it, it is if player if teams are and, and you gotta look because there were what two teams over the the cbt last year it was the padres yeah, the and i believe it was the yankees or the dodgers yeah dodgers were way over it yeah and meanwhile other teams like the boston red Sox, and i believe it was four other teams um but they yeah. were all within 3.4 million of the the threshold. It almost like they're trying to stay under a salary cap. Almost like that. And just so like that's the thing is like you said, it's this huge prideful thing in baseball. They'll never, you know, we'll never have a salary cap. You know, we're baseball, but you can't have it both ways. You can't have the we're going to limit spending to keep it competitive, but we won't limit. Sp- spending like it is what it, it's one or the other it's not you know and you can't establish that and then not raise it you can't just keep it there forever that's not how money works like you you like haven't that, even raised it for inflation or a cost of living adjustment that's or the thing anything yep. like that like you got to acknowledge how money works here and for the That'd people like, who who are you know mad about the the players getting more money or the minimum salary raising saying oh they get five hundred thousand dollars six hundred thousand dollars I only get $40,000 a year. They should be happy with what they get. Okay, if you got $575,000 for your yearly salary, you'd get used to a certain standard of living. That's how life works. Inflation happens. Cost of living happens. You need that to rise to keep that standard of living. That's just how life works. That happens when you make $40,000. That happens when you make $600,000. So... Um, you can't relate, so just shut up and like. And you know, like, don't talk about you're, when you don't the, know what you're talking about. You know, because that's and that's the perfect way to think about it. Is imagine your boss, you get hired for a job, and they so say, you know what? For the next five years, you're gonna make the exact same amount of money. We're not gonna give you any raises. Um, and then after five years, we'll talk about it. Um, we won't make up for the total cost of living, um, but you know, we'll increase it a little bit more and then we'll go back to you being consistent with the way you are. Cause that's, that's kind of effectively what the owners are trying to do with this. And if, if I you, mean, if you got a 1% raise each year, that would be insulting. You know, I'd be so mad. I like, I'd be like, what did I do wrong? Like, was I bad at my job? Like you, exactly. you would have to be bad at your job For to get a 1% five years. You got 1% like that's bullshit. You'd be out of there. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, especially if you knew how much money you were making for your company. If you knew yes. how much value, if you could put a number on the value you were bringing to your company and you could see that number rise and there's not a proportional yep. raise to your salary, you're gone. You're out yep. of there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's absolutely. ridiculous. And yeah. I want to see the people complain about this. I want to see those people um, choose a career field, have... Uh, only 30 options of where they can go and then have the 30, uh, 30 companies, they pick them and then control their rights for seven years. And if you don't want to work for that company, find another career. I, yeah. I want to, I want to see them adjust to that. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting because the other thing that you have to kind of consider too, and I, you know, this is not as, you know, proportional the case, but I mean, I think about the players that are on the 40 man that bounce up and down between, you know, AAA and the pros and, and you're mm-hmm. only, you know, you're, as long as you're on the 40 man, you're, you're making that minimum, but there's guys that, you know, bounce up and down. But you're and not have, there. not yeah, if you're in the minors. You're, yeah. You're making your minor so that's salary. the thing is that not all these players on the 40 man are, are actually making that money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just assumed that they are when. You know, you have these players that are locked out right now. They can't practice yeah. if they want to, you know, with the team. They, they can't go to the minor league camp, and they're not getting paid any money right now. Pretty fucked. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, 
like it's fucked overall because it's not just at this point it's not just the players it's the stadium workers it's people that work for baseball teams it's people that work in the media covering baseball like you're effectively you're putting thousands of people out of work uh and you know to me like you said it's it's the billionaires that are doing it and in terms of you know there are certain things that they're getting like the expanded playoff that could bring, you know, between 85 and a hundred million dollars, depending on what they agree in extra revenue. Right. Um, Major league baseball, you know, 2019, the last normal season, we'll call it, you know, had a record $11 billion in revenue that was brought in. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, you know, in the last five years, player revenue has dropped 4%. So Insane. what's happening. And you've seen the graph on Twitter that has been shared around. I, I think it's I think it's from the athletic but it's of the, the proportion of the total revenue in baseball how much revenue goes to the players and how much goes to the owners and you're seeing the revenue increase like this and you're seeing the player revenue increase flat and it, like the, the gap is the the gap between like you said you know you're talking about the owners and the NFL and the players agreeing on how much money goes to each side yeah and the way and it's set up right you know, now is that it's going more in favor of the owners and that's where it's tricky because you you have two options, you know, for the players is is you can kind of accept the status quo or you can institute a salary cap that it makes the owners happy because you get a salary cap also makes you happy because in order to get that, the owners have to give you financial information. They have to open the books yep. for you. If you want that, you know how to get it. You have to know what you're giving up. And I think the other thing with that is the NFL players have agreed to get 48%. That's less than half. I would agree, I would argue the players generate at least 70%. They should at least get 70% of the total revenues that come into the game. In terms of who's generating the value, you'd think it should be a lot closer to 70-30 than 50-50, and they don't even have 50-50 in the NFL. Maybe the players have more than 50-50 right now. You know, maybe that's the thing where, you know, it's not going up, but it still might be 55% where the NFL is at 48. And so a salary cap doesn't work for them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe it's 55 and it's going down and, and maybe once it gets down to 50, they say, maybe we need a salary cap here. Um, but as long as it's more than that, I can see that as being one of the biggest reasons that they won't ever argue for a salary cap. Yeah. No, and um, you know we can talk about it being a viable solution, but you're you're right. I I mean, I, if it hasn't come up yet, it's it's not gonna. Um, right. But it's, it's just, not gonna come up inter- until there's an advantage to both sides. Yeah. Right now, there's only an advantage to one side. Yeah. So you know that's that's the uh, competitive balance tax. Yep. There we go. Had to think about it for a sec. Third time's the charm. Um, third time is the charm. Um, and this is, you know, one of, if not the biggest issue regarding, you know, between the players and the owners where they're really split right now. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're going to transition to the pre-art player pool. Um, and that's another major issue, um, in terms of, obviously you, you hit on it and it's something that has been a topic for a long time and it's the, the service time manipulation. And, you know, the fact that, players are you know under control for six but technically with you know service time manipulation seven years because you know chris bryan is the prime example of we're gonna wait until you can only get 171 days of service not 172 before you can go and make the pros so that we get an extra year with you um which by the way still crazy to me that he did not win his grievance uh (laughs) because like it was just so clear yeah, but it, it's so hard to prove you know yeah i mean like how do you yeah prove that you, in, in court yeah i yeah. mean i don't know when you know when you're you just happen to be like a day short and you go and you win rookie of the year you know i think to me like you could argue that he was more than pro ready at that point yeah but like it's up to the team's discretion like you it's just I mean, you're right. You're right. And that's the whole issue. And so, you know, they they had the whole I, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it. I do like the idea of, you know, at least saying, hey, if you finish 
one, two, and rookie of the year voting will give you that full year of service time. What's mm-hmm. tough with that is that it's only going to be one or two guys. Yeah. And in a year that you maybe have a really great rookie class, there are guys that end up getting shafted, even though they were spectacular, or guys that, you know, what's hard is that, I mean, yeah, it's, I think that's just tough. Yeah, and it's designed to prevent service time manipulation, but what if a team says, well, maybe now we delay him another month so he doesn't win Rookie of the Year, so he doesn't pile yep. up the stats that the other guys will. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you really that's just a foolproof strategy there. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's tough. I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't, I can't even fucking, I'd have to sit and actually, I mean, obviously they would too. I don't know a solution for that besides, you know, having some, like, like you said, like it's, it's hard to directly prove that a team's doing it on purpose. You know, we can sit here and talk about it and say, yeah, obviously, blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, you know, if you're a team, you're going to go present cases where guys tore it up in the minors, went to the pros and were terrible. And you could say, that's your case study of saying, Hey, that doesn't necessarily prove that this guy's ready. Yeah, exactly. But I will say getting this, pre-arb bonus pool getting that established no matter how much is in it whether it's the 30 million the owners are proposing or the 80 million that the players are proposing that's huge for the players yes that is monumental to get new money out of the cba a whole new source of money that just wasn't there before that they just created that you know it might not be that big this time around but the next time around, it's already there. So you've established that. You can make it bigger next time. You can keep working on that going forward. So, you know, I think even if the players had accepted the the deal that wasn't a good one for them yesterday, if they had accepted that, they could, you know, feel proud of what they accomplished just from having that. Because most of the time in a labor negotiation, you have certain things that you're willing to negotiate about certain things that you just won't negotiate about and to get a whole new concept in there, a whole new source of money. That's pretty rare. So, you know, good for them. No, man. I mean, and like you said, what's, what's good about that is that, you know, it's, it's twofold. One, it's something that, you know, the owners will hopefully collectively agree on because it's not like, you know, one team is going to have to, then shell out, you know, big dollars. It takes from everybody. It's revenue sharing. Um, But also, you know, it's great for the players because for guys, like you said, that are stuck, you know, making the minimum for so many years or stuck, you know, in arbitration or um, sorry, this is pre-arbitration. So stuck. Yeah. You're stuck making the minimum. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's a way to reward guys that deserve to be making more money because like it's not like the nfl where you have these guys on fat rookie contracts yeah you're all coming in you, you know some guys are getting good bonuses but for the most part in the crapshoot that is the mlb draft a lot of the really good talent that comes up is making the minimum and didn't get a really great bonus coming in right yeah and i think um i think one of the reasons that this came into play is because of the playoff expansion um yeah you know, you can kind of see that the money the owners are willing to put into this is less than half of the extra money that they would be making from expanded playoffs. So, um, you know, it seems like that is is where the Players Association, they had that chip, which was expanded playoffs. That's where they tried to play it. And, you know, they got something on there. So they, they played it relatively well. They're trying to play it yeah. more. They're trying to play it to CBT and player minimums and everything else. You don't, you don't get to play it to to everything. But you know, for what they've accomplished, it's it's pretty well done by them. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, man. Like, so I'm not a huge fan. I think. I mean, I understand why owners want expanded playoff. Obviously, greater mm-hmm. television revenue. You know, you're creating a longer postseason, which in you know the eyes of baseball you know you're getting more eyeballs on your sport for longer mm-hmm. um the problem with it is that to me you know i get that there are more teams that have a shot of making the postseason so you're hoping that you're keeping more fan bases invested mm-hmm. but at the same time if half the league's going to make the playoffs 
what the fuck do I care about the regular season for? Exactly. Exactly. I, I can't stand the expanded playoffs. Um, yeah. You know, Ben Lindbergh on effectively while he talks about this a lot, how uh, he wants the regular season to mean something. And yeah, uh, you know, there's a concept that the playoffs are it, their own season. You know, the playoffs are a separate thing where we play yeah. the game differently and, and it shouldn't really be, it shouldn't really be the end all be all that we make it easier said than done. Most baseball fans. I know if you didn't win the world series, a hundred wins doesn't mean shit, you know, yep. in a regular season. Um, that's just how fans work. But uh, you know, I think expanded playoffs is you saw it in the NFL this year where you added a playoff team and you had more playoff games on wildcard weekend and the games were shit. Everybody were got Every got everybody got blown out, and um, yeah, it was uh, it, it was terrible. I mean, the, the NBA. I fucking hate how more teams make the playoffs than don't. That's the worst thing ever. So, uh, yeah, we're we're creeping closer to that by you know, especially if we get to fourteen teams, we're getting close to half the league making the playoffs. And, and uh, yeah, man, can't ha- and can't like that. the thing to me is too is like. I, the the one sport you didn't hit on was hockey and, and hockey is the same thing <clears throat> Fuck as the teams get in um <laughs> listen rude uh but we're not getting into that uh but with hockey the playoffs are like two months that's so long same with you the know? NBA. same with the nba yeah. and and so that's the thing to me is it's just like you well, don't pay attention then until you're you know three rounds in yeah you pay t- like for for the nba it's like conference finals here yeah. we go Boom. It's like if you, you know, made the playoffs, every- nobody cares. If you won your first playoff series, still nobody cares. If you won that series, okay, yep. now you've done something. Yeah. And like you said, you know, I mean, even before the NBA expanded to this play-in tournament that they have, you would have the eighth seed for the most part in the NBA go and get blown the fuck up by yeah, the one seed. They're like below 500 most of the time. They yes. suck. So oh. that's the thing to me is like, because again, with the expanded playoff format, the 82 and 80 Philadelphia Phillies would be considered a playoff team. And I just like, yeah, but also like, fuck, man. I mean, do you, besides, besides Philadelphia fans, do you really want to see that? Because you know what? There's three players on that team people give a shit about. Bryce Harper, Zach Wheeler, and JT Realmuto. And the rest of the team True. is fucking terrible. <laughs> I mean, the bullpen's awful. Uh, you know, name another starter. Aaron Nola, I guess, hey, is the only hey, other one. Hey, you love Kyle Gibson. Don't act like you don't love Kyle Gibson. I do love Kyle Gibson. That's that's a, you're right. I'm sorry that I forgot about him. You know, uh, I'm trying to think. Reese Hoskins is fucking terrible. He's so yeah, bad. I mean, he's good at hit, but bad at field. Uh, and like honestly, only good at hit ball far, not good hit ball average. <laughs> like, he, true. I mean, you've gotten to the caveman speak for the partnership. Yeah. Jesus, portion of the podcast. Now I can't even speak English either. Now the words, yeah. Now you're trying to add, you know, you're trying to add the other words <laughs> trying to in add there. The words back you know, in and it's not good. It's hard. Now words are words are really hard. That's yeah. why we have a podcast. Yep. Um but yeah, man, I just like oh, the other thing I fucking hate <laughs> is this ghost win thing. Like No, I love that. I just think like here's here's my problem with it. And you can you can go ahead and agree with me if you want. As I plug in my laptop charger, so my laptop doesn't die. Uh, that's fine, because um, obviously, look, my problem is is that when you're a major league team and you are trying to, or not a major league, team, sorry, when you're major league baseball and you're trying to explain this this ghost win thing, which I know as a whole isn't like wildly complicated, but there's gonna be fans that are like, "What do you mean they already have a win? They haven't they haven't played yet. Like no, they can see, they can win I a best of five series that. in four games." No, like, like old people are going to be so mad and confused. And absolutely, that's the best part. That's the best like, part. I and fucking I love that. There's get like I. It's like to me, it's My like I um, think it's the dumbest shit ever, and it's it's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just remember uh, when they the NFL put in the new overtime rules, where it was like each team has to get the ball once unless there's a touchdown scored, and it was yeah. the Steelers Broncos game. And I remember the Broncos scoring, and in my brain, I was like, oh, the Steelers get the ball. Cause like everyone gets the ball now and then the, the game was over. Yeah. And I just remember like my like high freshman high school brain, like exploding because I was like, what? 
Like it's over. And like I and just you feel like even somebody's trick yourself gonna... to sleep yet. No, <laughs> ah, that's the worst thing about being a child. Yeah, now, well, actually, it's probably better. I mean, it's my health is better. better. <laughs> yeah, you know, you learn to manage your emotions in like a, a normal, healthy way. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just like. I mean, listen, but, you're okay, probably so right. you. You just talked about how dumb it would be for the Phillies to make the playoffs. So if they yeah. do make the playoffs, then make them earn that playoff series win by putting them at a disadvantage. Yeah, or or at least it just would make it end quicker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know? that's what I'm saying. Like we don't have to suffer through they like only three have to straight. lose once. Like that'd be awesome. Will it be so mad? It makes. It gives me really like like rec baseball vibes. Like you know when you like play in like double elimination tournaments and like you would get the championship, but you had to win the two games or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's the, the vibe it gives me. Yeah, yeah, college um, world series type shit. Yeah, and I mean think of it this way: imagine we get to the playoffs. The Phillies are that team that is like the last wild card that makes it in. And will not paying attention now, but paying attention then when the Phillies yeah. actually make the playoffs. Like he'll say they suck until the last day when they make the playoffs. Then yeah. we'll realize that his team is at a disadvantage going into the series. Imagine how mad it'll be. It'll be great. Yeah, Will's our uh, Will's our friend, but also code word for fair weather baseball fan. Yeah, and now um, he has to listen to this episode because we'll, we mentioned him, and he never will. It's gonna be awesome. That's he'll true. never he know. Probably won't. Yeah, no, he's. Uh, <laughs> but it's fine. Um, but yeah, so I like, I don't know how you feel because I've, I have a feeling it's going to Bad. be 12, I feel. a 12 team playoff, but, uh, <laughs> bad. Yes, it is going to be bad. Um, but that's, that's for, for a moment. Uh, yeah, you don't fuck it. 12 let's team just, is, let's... is fine. Like, I don't love it. Yeah. We still got to put a ghost win in there, but yes, it's, uh, better than 14. Fuck yeah. 14. I mean, yeah, the one the one good thing I think comes out of it is that we'll finally have people stop bitching about the one team wild card or one game wild card. No, well, mm, let's see how would that work. Yeah, that's true because you'd get a, a series right between the last two wild yeah. cards. Yeah. 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 I don't know how I feel about that. Because, like, I'll tell you, like, it's much. I, I like I, you know the, what, man? the game Fuck we went to. You're... The Nationals game was like one of the best baseball experiences. In my because life. everything's on the line. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I know people get mad because you know you, everyone always wants their team to have another shot. Yeah. You know, but that, like to me, it it's like that's also sports. Like if if you really wanted to make it fair in baseball, you'd have to make like statistically, you'd have to make it like a you know a best of a hundred to get the best team to come out on top. Like, well, but that's the whole what the point regular is, season is for. You know, yeah. we play 162 games to tell us who the actual best team in the league is. That's what the yeah. regular season tells us. The postseason yes. doesn't, doesn't tell us that. No. We might like to act like it does when we're World Series champions. Of course, we're going to say the Red Sox are the best team in the league. But if they didn't yeah. have the best record in the league or close to it, they clearly weren't. They just won yes. the playoffs. It's a different thing. Yes. And yes. it's a hard thing for fans to wrap their heads around. It's a hard yeah. thing to accept when you do well in the playoffs. But that's the facts. That's how baseball works. I mean, fuck. I mean, in, you know, English Premier League soccer, they don't have a playoff. They play the season out. Oh, fuck soccer. And whoever has the best record at the end of the season is the champion. And the reason God, that Americans like don't like it and why most people don't like why it. Why soccer's good? That's not good. <laughs> uh, well, no, I mean, it's, it's good because, like you side. said, it's the idea that the best team wins. It's not great as a sport because – what you like is, you know, with playoffs, you get better stories. You get underdogs. You get people that, That's you know, true. you get comebacks from setbacks in the season. You know, every, like, it's it's like a reset. You know, it's like, okay, we cleared out the, the fakes and the losers, and now it's everybody, let's go. Because, like, yeah. what happens in Premier League soccer and what happened, you know, what's happened the last couple of years is that Manchester City gets so far up in the table uh, that nobody can fucking catch them. So, it becomes a battle of watching who's going to get relegated. It becomes a, you know, who's going to finish in the top five to get into the other tournaments. But for the actual premier league, nobody gives a fuck. And that's why you have playoffs. Yeah. It's just like, you get a lot of games that don't matter. And obviously that's why you try to do all these things is to try to get games to matter. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, 
that's all it is. And like, you know, that's where the expanded playoff is at least the, ex- the expanded playoff is good and bad. The expanded playoff is good because then, you know, maybe teams like the Pittsburgh pirates will actually have a chance to sneak into a playoff. If they're to no. the, the problem is no, come on, Sam. that they're still not going to spend. And that's the, that's the disincentive. True, of it. But it's that's like, the hey, thing is that, well, and I can see that going both ways. I can see, uh, an 80 win team being like, well, if we go buy this one player, maybe we're 85 wins and we make the playoffs. I can also see an 85 win team being like, well, we're going to make the playoffs anyway. We don't need to go buy a player. You know, it goes yes. both ways and it, it always goes both ways. You can change whatever yes. rules you want. That's always how it works. I don't think yeah, you, I mean, look at the, look I don't at think the trade that out by making rules. I don't think that's how no, that it's, and like you said, like it's an organization's decision, you know, look at, Look at the trade deadline every year teams in the same similar positions and some decide to buy and some decide to sell. Some decide to stay put, but it's based on organizational beliefs. Hey, can we win a championship with this team? Are we content with these things the way we are, you know? So, yeah, Yeah. I mean, that's, and so it's just, yeah, it's hard, obviously complicated issues. Obviously we're not experts on labor relations. Um, No, I am. I think you are. (laughs) That's it. This yeah. is uh, is this what you've been doing all this time? That yeah. is that, that where you getting your degree for it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's that's why I, that's why we have you on the podcast. Yeah, I'm just here to you know ask the questions, and you're here to be the expert. Correct. So that's fine. Listen, I don't have to be the the state of the world or anything. That means that we're gonna just hold you accountable for shit you say. Absolutely. Fuck no, yeah. No, 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 no. Once, I'm, <laughs> once I'm proven wrong, I didn't say it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because yeah. you'll never admit that's your how own. This works. Yeah. yeah, this is you know <laughs> how do you do you have a good time making friends? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> People love me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, we're friends, so it's fine. I yep. I just you know I just understand you for who you are. It's fine. You put up with my shit. Yeah, absolutely. So and you know the you know the players and the owners. Are gonna have to after this agreement put up with each other's shit still. So that's that's the thing. That's like the the final message. Like put up with each other's shit. God damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I mean like because because that's the other problem is that <sighs> first off, you know I I just think it's interesting because we knew we knew this lockout was coming. Like mm-hmm. we from the minute that the the CBA was signed, the last one. We knew this was coming because, I mean, literally it was just such a shitty fucking deal for the players. Yeah. And then you saw how shitty it was and you saw the rhetoric that came along with it. You saw the fact that the players and the owners don't fucking like each other. They don't trust each other. I mean, Pete Alonzo was an oppressor talking about how they changed the baseball every year That's... to depress pitcher and hitter salaries. That's one of the points I wanted to make is is that I've really over the last couple of months just come to the realization that Rob Manfred is a jerk. Like he's just yeah. an asshole. And yes. the past couple of years when people have hated on him for good reason, I've been like, oh, well, you know, he's he's doing his job. Like that's the job of the commissioner. It's a it's a you know, it's not a likable job. Everybody hates Roger Goodell. Everybody hates Gary Bettman. People like Adam Silver. He's like a unicorn. But um and then the, the, seeing the things he said this offseason, and then there was a, a quote yesterday where there was the New York Post guy that was retiring, and he, like, oh, had his yeah. last question in the press conference. And just, like, what Rob Manfred said to him, what, it was so petty and, like, obviously, like, talking down to him and being like, oh, you've been so kind. Like, we'll really miss you. And just saying it in the most dickhead way. It's, it just rubbed me the wrong way, and I was like, you are just an asshole. Like, that's just what you are. I'm telling you, if if I was a college professor and I was teaching public relations, I would show Rob Manfred press conferences as, like, an example of what not to do. That yeah. whole press conference on Tuesday, he's laughing. He's, you know, making comments like yeah, that. He's just a He's jerk. trying to blame the players. You know, he, he tries to open by being like, you know, I applaud the player's effort, but then he goes into, you know, we gave them this offer and blah, 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 blah. And just yeah. like, I, you know, what's crazy to me is I don't know how he thought any of that was going to play. He doesn't, I don't think he thinks about that stuff. I don't think that's important no. to him. 
I just, I think he has such a big ego that he doesn't care about that. And he just, you know, he has what's in his head to say, and he says it, yeah. and he doesn't care how it comes across or how he says it or how people interpret it. Um, yeah. He's just an asshole. Because, like, and you I guess like, you have to be to be successful in that role. Absolutely. And to as get a that role and, like, to rise in the ranks like he did, you know, yeah. that's probably what that requires. It doesn't make it any better or more enjoyable to watch, you know? No. And, you know, it's just sad because we are at this point where damage has been done to the game of baseball. There could be a deal that's struck tomorrow and that damage will already have been done from mm-hmm. a from a PR perspective. You know, you have really disheartened fans. You have frustrated players. Um, you just, it's a, you know, again, it's a bad look for, if you're really trying to grow baseball, it's a bad look. Because yeah, it's a really bad I, look. I mean, yeah, I just, yeah. So one of the, one of the thoughts I had yesterday after the, the five o'clock deadline and the games were canceled and this was, you know, immediately after and, and being annoyed and mad and stuff like that. But I was like, I right now don't give a shit about the Red Sox. I care about Raphael no. Devers. I care about Chris Sale. I care about Xander Bogarts. I care about the players on that team. Yep. I don't give a shit about the Red Sox right now. I don't give a shit about John Henry. I really don't care about Heim Bloom right now, to be honest. Like, I anyone that's on that side, I don't care about you i care about what is on the field and i couldn't give a shit about the name on the jersey right now you know yeah because like you said it's <laughs> the players are the product the players in the business the players are the product. league right now and i would watch it you know yeah and like that's the thing and look it's been all over we've harped it on this part podcast but it, it's just important to remember for the the very few people but I know that they're out there that are still pro owner. This is a lockout, which means that yeah. the owners are locking out the players. This is not a strike like was in the past. This is a lockout. And the owners, Rob Manfred, could have gone to this presser on Tuesday and said, we did not come to an agreement, but we are going to play baseball under the current CBA until we negotiate a new one. That was still yeah. on the table. That was still po- hell. It's still fucking possible to just yeah. say that. But the problem is, is they don't want to give up any room in negotiation. They don't want to, you know. Ha- but at the same time, for the owners, if you're operating under the current CBA, you're operating under something that it is still favorable to you. So you, the ball is still in the player's court. Like you are still in control of this situation because yeah. if you're playing under that, that's great for you. Yeah, it's it comes back to Rob Manfred being an asshole. It comes back to the owners yes. being assholes. And yeah, they, you know, since 2017 and the negotiations and the negotiations in 2020 where, you know, it was, you know, acrimonious and stuff like that. They, the, the sides hate each other right now. They really don't like each other. And the owners want to push the players to the edge. They want to break yep. them. It's like they put in the statement yesterday. They legitimately do want to try to break the union, break their spirits. You know, they they don't care even about getting a fair deal or a good deal. They just want the players to get a bad deal, you know? Yep. And that's just, that's shitty. You know, that doesn't make you feel good about the game, the sport, where it is. Pissed. <laughs> it comes yep. back to that. So... All right, so that's that's where we'll we'll wrap this thing up. Is the idea of, you know, <laughs> where where the fuck do we go from here, Spencer? Because that's that's the issue is that you know right now we've only had two series canceled. Negotiations mm-hmm. are set to resume as soon as Thursday. Let's yeah. say a, a, if a deal gets done quickly, what they can most likely do is agree to have those games tacked on at the end of the schedule. Um, which is what the players would like, so mm-hmm. that they everyone gets paid for the full 162. That's obviously yeah. what people want. The problem is, is that if the owners aren't willing to budge, which obviously they haven't really shown the propensity to, uh, and the players hold their ground, which at this point, if they're willing to, to miss games, they're willing to hold their ground right now, you're sitting here looking at what could potentially be significant missed time, and, and eventually it would reach the point where you can't just tack those games on at the end. 
So yeah, I would be surprised at this point if there's baseball in April. Um, I think, I think it comes down to two things. The owners have clearly, you know, before they even locked the players out, they made a calculation of how many games they could miss and still be worth it to win their side of the negotiation to get their numbers agreed to. Um, And then there's a certain point where they'll be losing so much money from not having games that it makes sense to make a compromise, lose on some of their points, get a deal done so that they can start playing games again and get that revenue. They've made that calculation on the player side. They've made a calculation. They've saved up a certain amount of money to pay players during this period where they don't have games to keep them satisfied and keep them happy so that they can keep the keep their sides strong. So it basically depends on which side runs out of money first or essentially which side their calculation kind of runs out of being on the positive side for them and and makes them need to come to the table for money purposes. All comes back to money. Because that's, yeah. Because I'll tell you, because that's, that's, I think, the remarkable thing right now is that how much unity the players have shown in mm. the sense of, like, you know, this is obviously we're in we're in a modern landscape of you're you're hearing from players on social media. They're not afraid to make statements about the league, which is something we really haven't seen before. Um, but there really hasn't been any statements, you know, against what's going on. I mean, fuck, even it's Mike Trout remarkable. went out and yeah. yeah. Can we talk about how Mike Trout went on Facebook first? Wait, was it on Facebook? Yep, it was his, on Facebook. His post that it was on Facebook? That's incredible. Yep. That's the most Mike Trout shit of all time. <laughs> you think oh he still pokes God. people? Oh, absolutely he does. <laughs> <laughs> and his his um his statement was just so like you could tell it was written by Mike Trout. Like you could tell it was in his language, in his words, it was like a it was like a high school kid wrote it. Honestly. Yeah. It's like, I guess yeah. that's his his reading and writing level. God bless him. He's good at baseball, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I just... It was just like, oh, it was so funny. I just think it's funny because like, I don't know, like who would you like, I guess like most popular players in baseball, you got Mike Trout and popularity mm-hmm. obviously in baseball is kind of relative. Um, Shohei Otani, yeah. Fernando Tatis mm-hmm. and. Bryce Harper, I would say, was up there too, just because he's very active in social media. Yeah, Harper, um, Soto, uh, Vlad, yeah. Acuna, I would say. Yeah. Um, and, and you then know, on you, the Percher side, just, you got Scherzer and um, yeah. Kershaw. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> I just think it's like, to me, like, I've always liked the, like, the Mike Trout, Bryce Harper kind of juxtaposition, just because, like, they're two guys that, play the same position but you have mike trout who you know just is there to play baseball you know mm-hmm. is it over the top and then you have bryce harper who like during all this like the other day was like yo i'm gonna go play in japan now yeah, like I it's like just like two different legitimately things. took that seriously and i was like guys he literally cannot do that it's in his contract <laughs> <laughs> um well but that's the interesting thing right so like if this goes long like players can go and play internationally because no, there is no there's no agreement not certainly can't no i'm pretty sure they can because i mean that's what happened in hockey when they had a lockout they went to russia i because there's there's, because they're they're locked out of the league right now so you can't if they're if the owners aren't honoring the contract can't you just in theory go get another contract somewhere else no no No. but why not because you can put a provision in the contract that you can't but 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 again like are these contracts recognized? There's no, there's no collective bargaining agreement right now. But I'm, I would, I would be willing to bet that there's a provision in there that says this, you still can't play for another league while there's a lockout or something like that. I mean, I don't know though. I mean, listen, we'll, we'll go look it up after this. My, we'll have the discussion. Based on my knowledge of contract law, I'm willing to bet that there's something like that in there. I mean, I'm just basing it off of what's happened in other leagues because, like, this is, like, in in prior lockouts, like, every time in hockey, like, players just go and they go play in Russia. I mean, nobody's going to play in Russia right now, but, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm, I'm looking it up after this. Because uh, okay. uh, if you're wrong, then I'm making you come on the podcast and say that I was right. Yeah, that'll never happen. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I think Any we got other burning things you want to get off your chest. All right. I think we called the owners cool. assholes enough times. Cool. So, all right. Um, well, hey, man, we'll we'll do this again. Hopefully, the next time that uh, we podcast, there's a little bit more. There's progress or a lack thereof. But yeah, otherwise, I'd we're be... gonna have to make some shit up next time. Oh God. Or just like, yeah, man, fuck. That's all right. All right. Well. Talk about uh, another movie. We could talk about a movie next time. The Oscars. That's, hey, I'm going to see Batman tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Let's fucking go. Uh, I'm going at 11 p.m. So you got 20 minutes of trailers plus a three-hour movie. Um, fucking first off, Good luck at work three on hours. Who? Ah, it's fine. It'll Is it a three-hour movie? My boss. It's a three-hour. It's two hours and 56 minutes. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, I, I still need to go watch West Side Story, and that's two hours and 38 minutes. Yeah, get on that. Yeah, it's, it's on Disney+. Plus. I was going to watch it today, but obviously we're podcasting. So. That's all right. um, and tomorrow I'm seeing Batman. Um, so maybe Friday? Friday. Because you know? obviously, you know, I'll be on lack of sleep. So uh, I'll probably just go home and, uh, you know, yeah. open a bottle of wine and watch West Side Story. It'll be nice. Great. You are a middle-aged woman. So, absolutely. Hey, you know what? I'm just living my best life. Listen, all right? I respect it. <laughs> you would do the same thing. I won't claim otherwise. Absolutely. That's fucking right. Mm-hmm. Plus, I don't really... I have some beer. I need to get more beer. Um, but I have all this wine and tequila. But it's not a tequila night. We love wine. I mean, yeah, absolutely. So, all right, well... Uh, for all you other middle-aged white women that listen to this <laughs> podcast, uh, open a bottle, pour, pour a bottle of wine out for us. All right, and uh, we'll see you when we see you.